The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Outside the Huddle, featuring your host, Lemond Williams. This program is a great resource for players making career transitions, as well as a place to discuss this week's top sports stories. Now, here's your host, Lemond Williams. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle. We're Lemond Williams on the Voice America Sports Network. Been out for a couple of weeks. Seems like a long time since I've been on the network, but I'm finally back, and I'm happy to be back. A lot's been going on, especially here locally in, in the city of Houston, Texas, and uh, especially with the Houston Texans football team in the NFL. So I'm not going to waste anybody's time. We're going to go and just jump right into it. Joining me again will be my favorite co-host, my boy George, better known as G-Man. And George, welcome back to Outside the Huddle. Glad to be back, man. I'm here for the full hour. I'm excited. I'm ready to talk to the Texans. I'm ready to talk everything NFL and uh, ready to jump in this. So let's go ahead and get it on. All right, before we talk NFL, how's the finals? Did you get a chance to finish your finals in college? Yeah, I got my math final out of the way uh, on Monday, and then I got my history final out of the way yesterday. I have one more final left, so I'm excited to finish up this semester, kind of get some more time to spend with the family and uh, be back on here, man. It's, it's it's an opportunity I love to have, and I'm, gra- I'm glad to be on here. So I get a little bit more time for Voice America, and uh, I'm excited about it. Yeah, I'm glad to have you back, too. So let's go ahead and just jump right into it. Uh, the Houston Texans, uh, <laughs> you know, every time we look, George, they're constantly losing their games, and they're on a downhill, downhill spiral right now that can't keep control of. And right now, uh, you know, they removed their head coach and Gary Kubiak. What's your original thoughts on Coach Kubiak being fired, and, and uh, what did you think about that that move that they made last week? I thought it was something that was a little bit surprising to me, not because he didn't deserve to be fired, because I definitely think he does deserve to be fired. But at the end of the day, the Texans don't normally make these decisions in the middle of the season like this. And you look at an owner in Bob McNair, who's a very um, easygoing guy, and I think that that kind of bit him in the butt a little bit um, coming in with this Gary Kubiak situation. He said during the press conference that he expected Gary Kubiak to retire here with the team. And, uh, you know, that that obviously didn't happen because he's not with the team anymore. And, uh, you know, Gary, he was kind of a subpar coach. He wasn't a guy who was always in the wing column. And uh, after the Jaguars lost, he's he's under 500. And uh, that's something that's not acceptable when you're looking at uh, trying to build a franchise that has a winning mentality. So Kubiak being out and Marciano being out, I think it's nothing but a, a good thing for the Texans. I think they can move forward now in the search for a coach and it gives the organization an opportunity to search for a coach openly on the market 
without having to go behind Gary Kubiak's back, it's better for Kubiak and it's better for the Texans um, that they parted yeah, ways when they did. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that having Coach Kubiak removed early is a good thing for the organization so they can put that behind them and move forward. Uh, you mentioned Jacksonville. That game on the road on Thursday night football, you think about all the major marquee games the Texans played this year, Monday night football, Thursday night, and Sunday night, they never showed up, and they disappointed not just the fans, they disappointed their owner. And as an owner, as an NFL, Mr. Bob McNair, you never want to be embarrassed on a major stage like that. He's a patient owner, but I think that was the uh, uh, the icing on the cake for Gary Kubiak. They played very undisciplined football. Guys did not show up, and uh, it just looked like they was never well prepared for that Jacksonville game. And you mentioned Coach Marciano, special teams coach. Yeah, he is, I thought his time was last year. He let go, but he was Gary's guy, and Gary Kubiak brought him along and kept him on the on the roster. Uh, but Bob Benair and his staff, you know, removed him as well, along with Gary Kubiak. Yeah, and Marciano was a long time coming. He he's been a guy who's been very underwhelming for the past few years. It's not just something that sprung up this year. So Marciano's uh, firing was definitely something that went hand in hand with Kubiak's firing. I think that Marciano, you know, where he's a good guy off the field, you know, he has a great story behind him. But at the end of the day, it's not about that when you're looking at an NFL roster. It's about, are you winning for me now? And if you're not, then I'm going to have to let you go. And you can't play flag football in the NFL. And that's basically what the the Texans um, special teams is doing. Every single time they went out there, there was a flag. So you got to let that guy go and you got to continue to try to to make moves to make your team a winner because that's what Houston wants. They want a winner, and uh, if you can't deliver that, then you got to you got to find somebody who will be able to. You got to understand, the NFL is a production-driven business. It's all about, like you stated, what have you done lately? And lately, the Texans have lost ten to eleven games in a row. So uh, it's unfortunate. Coach Kubiak is the hometown guy from Houston, born and raised. Went to Texas A and M, played quarterback. Ended up getting picked up by the uh, my, uh, Denver Broncos, played back up on John Elway, and the rest is history. So uh, we wish him all the best. He had a very tough year from not just coaching standpoint, but from a health standpoint as well. Uh, maybe this, this is some good time for him to kind of focus, sit back and relax and, and focus on his health. And, and he'll get a chance to coach back in the NFL. I don't know about a head coaching job, but he'll probably bounce back as an offensive coordinator or somewhere along those lines. Speaking of uh, coordinators, uh, Wade Phillips, he's the interim head coach now for the next three games for the Texans remaining of the 2013 season. What? How do you feel about him becoming now the interim head coach and possibly end up interviewing for that spot? And never know, he might be able to get a chance to win that job over. I think it's a it's a cool thing for him to be able to be the interim coach. If anybody wants to be the interim coach, you got to let Wade Phillips do it. He's the one in the league that's been doing it most often. I think he's one of the coaches in the league that most often gets that title. So, But Wade, Wade Phillips, is he's a good guy as well. But to be honest with you, and this may not be a popular opinion, I don't see him being around after next year. Uh, Wade Phillips has a defense who, of course, is ranked number one as far as yardage goes. But at the end of the day, are they really ranked number one? Stats can be deceiving in some ways, and you look at a Texans off, uh, Texans defense who doesn't allow that many yards, but what isn't taken into account in the, that yardage total is the fact that they're always getting pass interference penalties, and that moves the ball down the field. 
and that's part of your coaching. When you have a scheme that continues to allow Jonathan Joseph and Kareem Jackson and Bryce McCain to be beat off the edge because they're playing man-to-man coverage, you're going to end up with a lot of gaps, and you're, you're going to have a lot of defensive holding calls and a lot of defensive pass interference calls, and that's what you see with Wade Phillips. Like I said, he's a, he's a good defensive coordinator, but his scheme is old and outplayed, and, and I don't think that that's going to be something that can last here in the NFL. So you've got to look at some other candidates, and I think that Wade, Wade Phillips will be gone after this year. Yeah, he definitely get a chance to audition himself to be the head coach as the interim head coach right now for the Houston Texans. He stepped in when Coach Kubiak went down due to that uh, many strokes. So it's a little different when you have a chance to have the full key. You know, he has the full range of the car, and he can able he can drive that car any way he wants to now as the interim head coach. Um, Wade Phillips has a history of being a head coach in Dallas, and he has a history of being a head coach in Buffalo. So he knows what he's doing. He has the experience. Now, can he inspire and motivate the guys to play, be able to play Texan-style football going forward? We'll see. Uh, as they, <laughs> they have some tough last three games. are going to be very tough for them. They have the Colts. They have the Broncos at home, his former team. And they finish up with Tennessee on the road. So it's, it's going to be a tough audition slash interview for, for Wade Phillips going forward. Now, Case Keenum, George, will be the starting quarterback voted by the team uh, this Sunday. Do you think that was a good idea to remain, keep Case Keenum as a starting quarterback with Matt Schaub getting some reps late in the game against Jacksonville? No, I think that Matt Schaub's days and the Texans organization are numbered. And I think you got to kind of try to move forward and see what exactly you have at your quarterback position because – the Texans are going to be looking at a high draft pick this offseason. And during the draft, you have to think, uh, do we have the quarterback of the future on our roster? Honestly, the answer to me is no. They don't have the quarterback of the future on the roster. But, oddly enough, I don't think that they should draft a quarterback in the first round either. I think that the Texans should go with Jadavion Clowney. I know that that's something that's a bit of a scare to some people. But if you think about it, you have a defense with J.J. Watt on the line. You put Jadavion Clowney on the other side and you have a pretty unstoppable defensive line. Then you use your second-round pick as either a trading, uh, a, a form of trade, or you use it to draft a quarterback, which I wouldn't put it past them to try to trade that second-round pick for maybe someone like Kirk Cousins out of, uh, out of Washington, or even Josh McCown, who's been doing a good job as Jay Cutler's backup in Chicago. I think that you look at those options and you find, you find that there's a lot better option at quarterback out there than Case Keenum or Matt Schaub. And I think that both of them um, will make good backups in the league, but I don't think that they're the, the answer for, for a starting quarterback job here in Houston. So you're saying if Teddy Bridgewater was available, they shouldn't get him? No, I don't think that Teddy Bridgewater is the answer. I think that you look at an NFL that's figuring out these quarterbacks who run, and they're, they're, they're easy to figure out, and the defenses are stopping them very easily. You look at RG3. Uh, Colin Kaepernick's another perfect example. Um, <clears throat> these quarterbacks are starting to get figured out by the um, by these NFL defensive coordinators, and it's not good to have one of those guys because their shelf life is not going to be that long, especially the way that these these players are having to target the knees and 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 stuff like that on ball carriers. So I don't think that Bridgewater is going to be your answer. I think you draft you draft a defensive end who you know for sure is going to be a good anchor on your defensive line, and you go from there. Speaking of defense, it looks like we could probably have less than two minutes before we take our first break. But speaking of defense, where are some of the spots in your opinion that the Texans need to improve on 
moving forward and, and preparing for Indianapolis in a place that they probably never, I, to my knowledge, I don't even think they won in Indianapolis, probably one game, but what place, do, where do, what location do you think they need to improve on as far as on the defense side of the ball? I think that, and, and you're you're correct on your your analysis about the uh, the Colts. They've never beaten the Colts in Indianapolis, so that's something that they've never done. And if Wade Phillips can do that, kudos to him. But at the end of the day, as far as your defense goes, you have to concentrate on your secondary. DJ Swearinger had entirely too many penalties against the Jacksonville Jaguars. That has to stop. You also have cornerbacks in Bryce McCain and um, Kareem Jackson and Jonathan Joseph who continue to get beat, and every time T.Y. Hilton plays against the Texans, he burns them. So you have to shut down T.Y. Hilton, and that's the only way you're going to stop the Colts. They already lost Reggie Wayne for the season, so that was the main receiving target. Now you've got to go after T.Y. Hilton, and if you can shut him down and shut Colby Fleener down, I think the Texans have a chance at winning this game. All right, good stuff there, George. As we recap, the Houston Texans, Horrible last couple of weeks. They're firing the head coach, Gary Kubiak, and hopefully the interim head coach, Wade Phillips, can get things turned around as they focus on the next three games. And he's having a live audition for a job interview for the Houston Texans. George, we'll take a break here, and, and, and Matt, let's go ahead and break. And when we come back, we'll go around the NFL and talk about some other NFL teams throughout week 15. Going into week 15, next on Outside the Huddle. For Lee Mont Williams on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're outside the huddle with Lemont Williams. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams on the Voice America Sports Network. 
continue to talk NFL with my boy George, better known as G-Man on the show. And George, uh, let's go ahead and go into the NFC East where it seems like there's a lot of controversy, a lot of stuff going on brewing in the NFC East, starting with the Washington Redskins. Originally, we thought that RG3 and the Redskins would progress the season as a, as a team going off that spread uh, zone read style offense, but it hasn't worked for them so far this year. They're three and ten, two and five at home, and they got dominated against the Kansas City versus the Kansas City Chiefs at home last week. And you know, with RG3 playing in the slump right now, George, and it's been reported that Kirk Cousins is going to start on Sunday for the Redskins. How do you feel about, you know, born and raised Texas guy as far as RG3 not living up to his potential? It's unfortunate because RG3 is a guy out of Baylor who came into the league with a lot of potential, and he was one of those guys that they thought was going to be the next game breaker, the guy who was going to come in and change the NFL. And he's done the opposite since he's been here. He's changed people's minds on him. I don't really think that it's, it's a product of him, though. I think it's a product of the injury that happened at the end of last season. He just hasn't been the same player since that happened, and he's not been able to run with as much effectiveness as he was able to. So the read option is not really a threat to any of the teams that they're facing. So RG3 is, has been relatively ineffective, and I think that it's due to him trying to come back so quick. When you have an injury like that, that's an ACL injury, and you're coming back from it and and you're a runner or you're a sprinter or any anything like that where you have to use your legs a lot, you want to make sure that your body is fully healed before you you start to try to go back out there and do those same things again. And I think that RG3 came back a little bit too soon from that injury, and that's caused him to, to have an ineffective um, season and a non-productive season at that. He was 12 for 26 before he got pulled with only 164 yards, and this was by the time the fourth quarter hit. So you got to pull him you got to take your, your chances on Kirk Cousins and see what you have in him because, honestly, he would be a good um, good trade um, person, a person to put on the trade block so that your team can actually grow around RG3 if you think that he's the next guy up. Yeah, RG3 is definitely the franchise player for the Washington Redskins. However, RG3 didn't give up 45 points against Kansas City. That was their special teams due to the fact that it snowed up in D.C. this past weekend. And their defense. Their defense is pathetic. It's horrible. I'm talking about the Washington Redskins defense. They can't stop a cold. But RG3 <laughs> is not helping. Robert Griffin III is not helping offensively. He's throwing interceptions. Uh, he's he's not looking fluent in the pocket. He's looking like he's having issues going through his progression. And I agree with you. I mean, he has a lot of potential. Sky's the limits for this guy. But I'm just very disappointed in the fact that he's not able to get through this slump by now. And and I don't I, I can't really blame the injury. I, I I really believe that he's healed he's healed physically from that injury. I just think it's more of a mental thing for him and he has to fight his way through it. So we'll see how it takes place. He's definitely being benched as a starter going into Sunday's game and uh I don't know, man. Maybe Michael <laughs> Mike Shanahan is saying I'm gonna go with a different guy. If I'm gonna get fired, I might well go with the guy I wanna go with and that's Kirk Cousins right now. <laughs> Yeah, and then another thing that I was just not looking at, I did not notice this, but I'm looking at it now. RG3 last year, he had 3,203 yards uh, as far as passing goes. That that That's pretty productive, I think. 
and you look at that you look at a quarterback who who was supposed to have been you know the guy coming in and his production has not been that this season and i just I, it's crazy to me that uh that this guy's come in and he's just not been as productive and it's it's sad honestly but mike shanahan's creating sort of a quarterback controversy up there before he gets the boot uh, at the end of the season so i think that's pretty funny on that part but I think RG3 is the guy that they want to go with, and the owner's obviously very impressed with him, and he wants to keep him going. So uh, Kirk Cousins just comes in and puts that uh, that extra little controversy in there, and it kind of helps uh, motivate RG3 in a way to get better so that he doesn't get his job taken for good. Yeah, we'll see how it plays out for the Washington Redskins. Staying in the NFC East, let's go ahead and talk about the Dallas Cowboys. He played on uh, play the Bears on Monday Night Football, and, I don't know. I don't know what's, what happened to the Cowboys, but the, their secondary kind of fell asleep against the Chicago Bears. A, a, a Jay Cutler, Cutler uh, injury, no quarterback playing Bears offense. I was shocked to see that Bears offense be able to throw like that against the Dallas Cowboys at home. I thought the elements of the cold Chicago weather this time of the year played a factor in and uh, the Cowboys playing a little soft, but let's face it, the Cowboys are not the team that we thought they were. Uh, they was kind of in control of their own destiny, in my opinion. Uh, but Chicago Bears manhandled them at home. Yeah, and Josh McCown has thrown for 350 yards in the past three games that he's played in. He was two yards shy of that this week. But you look at a guy who's come in, and he's filled Jay Cutler's shoes and then some. It's a it's going to be a quarterback controversy once Jay Cutler's healthy again. But I think Josh McCown has done a stellar job coming in for um, for Jay Cutler in his absence. And then the defense that you mentioned, Dallas's defense is really missing Rob Ryan. He's out there uh, with the Saints and he's really doing a good job in New Orleans. But the Dallas defense can you can tell is not the same defense. They have the same playmakers around, but they don't have the same same production that they were having. And I think that that's a big thing. That's, uh, that's happening for them, too. When you allow a team eight possessions and all eight possessions they score in some form, shape, or fashion, that's ridiculous. The only possession that the uh, Chicago Bears did not score on was the final one where they were nailing the ball. So I think that the, the Dallas defense really has to step it up if they even think that they're going to start making playoff runs. And, uh, and and even think about a Super Bowl run. They've got to they've got to get a better defense, and they've got to step it up on the defensive side of the ball. Anybody who can allow forty five points, I think that's just that's deplorable as far as your defense goes. Well, it is the it is December, so you know how it is. The Cowboys in December, you know me <laughs> slack off and start losing games. So we are in December they go on right now. With so the rest you of never them. know. Go ahead, George. They go on vacation with the rest of them, so. I think the Dallas Cowboys need to wake up. Somebody needs to give them a wake-up call. Speaking of waking up, teams like the 49ers has woke up against the, their rivals in the NFC West, talking about the Seattle Seahawks. Why was the, why was the 49ers so effective against the uh, Seahawks on Sunday? That's another thing. We just got through talking about defense, and I guess that old mantra, defense wins championships, is more than just a slogan, right? Because the 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 San Francisco 49ers were able to hold the beast beast mode to only 72 yards rushing. That's that's a great day if you can go out with with Marshawn Lynch on the opposite side and only allow him 72 yards. I think you've done a dang good job. So I think the defense is definitely what's what's per- persevered here 
And that's what we've noticed in this last part of the season. The defenses, the bet, the higher power defenses in the league are the ones that are winning games for their offenses in it. And that's what it comes down to. I think that it's going to be a very, uh, defensive savvy, uh, Super Bowl. And, and the good thing is it's, it's pretty cool because the NFC, it seems like have all the really strong defensive teams and the AFC has all the powerhouse offensive teams. So when you get to the Super Bowl, you're going to see a clash of those two. And I think that's going to be an awesome thing to see maybe a Seahawks defense against a Peyton Manning or a Seahawks defense against um, a Tom Brady or even a 49ers defense against either one of them. It's going to be a great game to watch. Yeah, how would you evaluate Russell Wilson's performance? He was 15 for 25, 499 yards, one touchdown, but he had an interception and he was sacked twice. How would you evaluate his performance? I think Russell Wilson is kind of declining a little bit at the end of the season here. He's got to pick it up a little bit. I think that the offense runs around Russell Wilson, and when he's on fire, the offense is on fire. Um, you look at a guy who's just like kind of like Drew Brees. He's very short. He's not your typical typical prototype quarterback. So it's one of those things that, that uh, he, he's done a lot that uh, some other people wouldn't have been able to do, but he's got to step it up in those clutch situations. And San Francisco is a big boy team. And you got to play like a big boy when you're playing against them. And having a one and one, as far as touchdown interception ratio, you can't have that. You got to put up more touchdowns so that uh, your team is in a better position and you can't create those kind of turnovers. Yeah, I agree. I think Russell Wilson is, he'll find a way to get himself back on the, the winning side this week. Uh, you know, he, he's, to me, he's probably the most strong-minded second-year quarterback out of all the guys that came in. I mean, you have Andrew Luck. He's, he's you know, he's a very tough-minded guy. You have RG3 that's going through his slumps. But Russell Wilson is up there. I really like what he's been doing for the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, it, they'll get it going again. They'll get it going again this week. Uh, it just they, they ran through a very tough team. They run similar style of offense. And with Colin Kaepernick, you know, he's a guy that, he's hit or miss, but when he's on, he's on, but when he's off, he's off. So, uh, you know, I, I, I gotta, I can't wait to see these two teams play again. Hopefully they might play in the Super Bowl. You never know, but we'll see how it plays out. Yeah. And you look at, at, uh, Colin Kaepernick, a guy who was without, without Michael Crabtree for the whole season up until now, he has two very, very threatening defensive, I mean, offensive weapons in uh, Anquan Bolden and Michael Crabtree, and then you got Vernon Davis as well. That's just uh, – it's an offense that's high-powered, and I think that that's going to be a very, very strong contest. And I think these two teams could meet in the, the NFC Championship game, and, and one of them is going to walk away uh, going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, we'll see how it plays out. I mean, a lot of things can take place between now and the Super Bowl. Uh, we'll see how it plays out. I mean, the 49ers uh, would definitely have to continue to fight to get there. In Seattle, I think they're pretty much in control of their destiny right now. But you never know how it takes place as we have three more games to go here in the regular season. So I'm excited to see how it plays out. I know you're excited as well, George. And uh, it looks like we're going to go ahead and take a break. Let's take a break a little early right now. And when we come back, we'll talk some college football, man. A lot of things going on in college. Got some bowl games coming up here. It's that time of the year, George. A lot of coaches switching over and going to different schools, and uh, we'll get your thoughts and opinions on one of the biggest schools here in the state of Texas as their head coach is going to make a decision going into later this week. Next on Outside the Huddle, we'll leave my Williams on the Voice America Sports Network.
internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Engelhart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Engelhart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams, Kwame's got the experience. So he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're outside the huddle with Lemont Williams. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1 888 346 9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle. With Lemont Williams from the Voice America Sports Network. And we're flying by through this show real quickly here. And I'm excited to be online with my co-host, George, better known as G-Man and George. We're going to move from the NFL and go to college football where everyone is talking about this rumor that's floating around here in the state of Texas that Mac Brown will resign or step down later this week as the head coach of Texas uh, for the Texas Longhorn. So Mac Brown, he's a guy that's been, you know, the last couple of seasons been on and off. Will Mac come back or will they let Mac go? Mac go. But now the fact they have a new athletic director, um, seems like Mac is on his way out the door. So, um, how do you feel about Mac Brown potentially or allegedly being rumored to step down or resign as the head coach for the University of Texas Longhorns? I think it's the way that it should happen. I think it has to go down like this. I, I'm I'm glad that he's actually deciding to step down. I don't know if he's being forced to, but uh, I'm glad that he is because. For all the great things that he's done for Texas, he's hurting them by continuing to to coach them. And I think that at the end of the day, Mac Brown's tenure with Texas is over one way or the other. And I think that he realizes that too. So what he's doing is he's gracefully stepping down from the head coaching job to hopefully be able to stay with the school and doing something else. Maybe they're recruiting or something else like that to kind of help the school continue to build a, a legacy. But you look at you look at the the Longhorns who are you know in the Big Twelve. They're in a big big area. I mean they're in, they're in a big state with a lot of different colleges as far as Baylor and A and M. Uh, and there there's a lot of competition. And I think that when you look at Mac Brown, he's competing against those other two 
uh, big schools in Texas, and he's losing the battle right now. Baylor and A&M are both better teams than UT, and Mac Brown's got to got to end this losing battle by just throwing in the towel. And I think he's doing the right thing, and I think Thursday he will step down as head coach and uh, maybe be like I said, become. Uh, one of their recruiters or something like that to kind of help live on the legacy of Mac Brown. Yeah, I mean, am I shocked? No, I'm not shocked at all because he had an up-and-down season. He, at one point, he had no control over that defense. They couldn't stop anybody, really. I mean, if you ran straight at them, they couldn't stop you. And it was playing horrible up until the Oklahoma Red River shootout game. But, he brought in the new coach, and uh, Coach Robertson as defensive coordinator got things turned around. But the last two games, uh, they lost uh, on the road, and I think that probably must still just state as the head coach for the Texas Longhorns. But, you know, to me, I always felt like Matt, Matt lost control of his program. Not from a standpoint guys was acting out and, and not doing what they're supposed to do. From the standpoint of uh, – he didn't have that true leader at quarterback, so from there, from from there, they struggle offensively to find an identity, and they had a lot of depth at running back, but they found that out later in the season. So uh, I just feel like he never had control of the program over his team, and to me, I, I mean, I joked around and said he can always run for governor, you know, governor, state of Texas. He he comes off as a politician. He's very, uh, uh, he's very attuned to to the media. I think that's due to the fact that they have their own network. Uh, so he gets a lot of TV time. So you never know, man. He could run for the governor of the state of Texas now that it's alleged that he's going to step down as the head coach for the University of Texas. Yeah. And the, the, as far as you were saying about the quarterback uh, controversy, they haven't really had a quarterback in, in, at UT since Colt McCoy left. And I think that's something that they've they've struggled very harshly with because UT is is one of those schools that they should be able to recruit anybody they want. They're UT. They're in the state of Texas. Texas is a big football state, so you would think that they would get somebody in here. But for some reason, Mac Brown wasn't able to get that guy, and I think that that's what sealed his fate. So I wish him the best, and I hope that you know in the future he's he's able to stay with the the team and, and do some things for the team outside of coaching. And uh, if not, then, you know, he still has his legacy with the with UT. He already brought him a national championship. They played in a few bowl games and won since he's been here. So he's done his job as a head coach in the past, and I think that that's, that's the legacy that he's going to continue to be able to live with. Yeah, we'll see how it plays out. You never know. He might pull a fast one on this and see that he's not uh, stepping down. So we're just going over it's reported and alleged that he might step down, but I think his legacy is intact. Uh, he's a national champion, so I uh, still so doubt about that. He gets the job done. He, well, he got the job done in the Vince Young, so he knows how to win. Uh, sometimes you can be outside the loop looking in, and I think he's outside the loop right now as far as uh, with this university. But if he did step down and, and walk away, I'm pretty sure some other major university will be calling and asking him to come over there for an interview. So, uh, I don't think this, if he stepped down or he resigned, it's not going to be the last time we see or hear of Mac Brown uh, coaching football. Governor Brown. <laughs> Governor <laughs> Brown. We'll see. We'll see how that plays out. Now, with Mac Brown possibly stepping down as the head coach at the uh, University of Texas, it's rumored that his replacement might be Nick Saban. 
What is your thoughts on Nick Saban leaving the Alabama, leaving Alabama to possibly be a head coach here for uh, for Texas? It's one of those things where you and I talked about it during the break. It's 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 almost like you'd be stepping down if you went to Texas. And I'm not putting any, you know, I'm not trying to put any emphasis on the fact that he's in Alabama or the fact that he's already, you know, gone to the NFL and he's been there, done that. And I think that this is just a new challenge for him, if anything. But at the end of the day you don't want to come to Texas. And if, if Nick Saban hears, hears this, I want him to know, I live in Texas, and you don't want to come to Texas. The weather's nice most of the time, but at the end of the day, you don't want to come to Texas. You have Baylor, like I said just just now. You have Baylor and A&M in, in, as far as colleges go, and, and you're in the Big 12. You're stepping down from the SEC, the best conference in the, the college football series, and you're going to step down to go to the Big 12, I don't think you do that. I think that that would kind of hurt your legacy like we were talking about during the break. It's not something that's going to help you. You know, uh, Nick Saban has been a winner in the SEC. He's taken Alabama to multiple national championships. And I think that it's it's a smart move on his part to either stay at Alabama or go to the NFL. But you don't step down and go to Texas because it looks like you're taking the easier battle. And uh, when you do that, your legacy is kind of tarnished a little bit. But I think Nick Saban needs to either stay at Alabama or, or he needs to uh, to go to the NFL. But I don't think he should come to, to Texas. Yeah, I, I, I kind of agree with you there. I think Alabama is a already ready-made, built machine in the program. I, I, I'll find it very hard for him to leave that program that he built up to come to Texas. But then again, there's other things that shocked me in the world as well, so I wouldn't put it past him. Um, but I like it. You know, I mean, I, I like the fact that Texas is willing to go after the number one guy, which is Nick Saban right now. So we'll see how it all plays out. But I, I'll be shocked if Saban left Alabama to go play with Texas. That's crazy. I mean, to go coach Texas, that would be crazy. Yeah, it definitely wouldn't be a smart move on his part because you want to you want to be in the best conference against the best competition, and that just wouldn't be it. So, I think that you you gotta you gotta stay at Alabama. Yeah, I agree with you on that too. All right, Heisman this weekend coming up. What they say got about six finalists coming down to or going up to New York. So there we have Amos uh, Jameis, and you have Johnny Manziel with a handful of other guys. Just focusing on Johnny Manziel and famous Jameis, uh, what, are two, what are some of the things that stood up to you the most for to start with the local guy and Johnny Manziel? I think Johnny Manziel, he, he's Johnny Manziel. He's been stellar this year, and I think that he continues to impress. He's had 4,418 total yards and uh, 41 total touchdowns. So that that's a big-time a resume for you to have, and that's one of the reasons why he's a finalist. I think Johnny Manziel has continued to be the guy that we saw last year, and uh, he's Johnny Football. He's he's a big name in the in the college world, so I think that he's he's built his name, he's built his reputation. I think he's definitely deserving of a Heisman finalist vote, and I think that he he and Jameis Winston are both going to be two of the guys I think that are one and two in this race. And I think that Johnny Manziel will lose a close race uh, second place. Okay. What are some of the things that stood out to you the most for, from uh, about famous Jameis Winston? 
I think the biggest thing that stands out is the fact that he's a freshman. Now he's a redshirt freshman because he was with Florida State last year. But that being said, he's he's come in and he's taken taken the college world by storm. He's thrown. He's uh, he has total a total of four thousand and thirteen yards, which is less than Johnny Manziel. But he has forty two TDs, which is more than him. I think that he's been one of those surprising people who's come out of nowhere and kind of kind of shown himself to be this great quarterback that uh that could definitely transition into the NFL very well. I wish that he was available in the draft because like I said, I don't think that the quarterback for the Texans is uh is quite here yet. But I think that if Jameis Winston was in there, he'd definitely be the guy I'd pick. But I think he's gonna end up walking away with the Heisman trophy. Very deserving and I think that this whole scandal that happened with him, he's he's kind of overcome it. Um, there's certain ways that it was handled that, uh, that some people frowned upon, but he, uh, he, he's, he's done what he can to get through this adversity. And I think he's deserving of the Heisman trophy. He, uh, he, he's, he's definitely earned it through this year. Yeah. He's a, he's very tough mentally, uh, to be able to fight through that this season and still be successful. Speaks volumes for the young man. I, I have him now. I've been talking about him since week five. I really believe he's going to be the winner of the Heisman Trophy. He elevates that program. He elevated his game this season, and he's been playing lights out football. So give the young man the redshirt freshman trophy. He'll be two years in a row where a redshirt freshman ends up winning or a freshman will end up winning the Heisman. Johnny Manziel winning it last year. So um, I can't wait to see that take place this weekend in New York City. Uh, real quick, uh the Texans, uh, you said might get a quarterback. Uh, there's another quarterback out there named Derek Carr, brother of <laughs> David Carr. What do you think about him possibly getting picked up by the Texans? Uh, you know, the whole David Carr legacy here in Houston, it went down pretty bad. And I don't think that David Carr was actually a bad quarterback. You look at him in, in college, and he was actually a very good quarterback in college. It was just a product of the environment that he was put into. But you bring you bring his brother here, and you look at the same sort of situation. Now the offensive line's a little bit better now, but uh, Derek Carr, I, I I think him being in the Texans uniform would be kind of ironic, I guess. But I think he could do a good job here in Houston, and I think that that uh, he's he's a good passer, and he's one of those guys that would be able to be more productive than the guys that we have on the roster now here in Houston. So I guess it's an upgrade, but. I don't think that that's the guy you should go with either. I think that uh, you kind of have to wait it out and see if you can't pick one of these guys up um, in a trade from another team because that's the only way you're going to get a good, decent uh, franchise quarterback. All right, good stuff there, George. Let's go ahead and take a break. And when we come back, we'll wrap the show up talking about NFL games starting on Thursday night and give our picks and predictions next on Outside the Huddle. We'll leave my Williams on the Voice America Sports Network. flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. 
Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fan's perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network. And let's talk football. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's a tough shot. Got it with 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we... We cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're outside the huddle with Lemont Williams. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle. We're Lemont Williams on the Voice American Sports Network. Enter segment number 444 where we wrap up the show. And before we do that, George is going to give our predictions for this week's games. Starting off on Thursday night football. Let me see here. I had it pulled up. My computer just moving a little slow, so bear with me for a second. But uh, we have the game starting up here this week, George, and I'm all excited about it. I want to see how the Texans bounce back. You think they're going to win? Let's start with the Texans. They visit the Colts on Sunday. Who do you think will win that game and why? I think you got to go with the odds. Not the odds of the Texans winning, but the odds of the Colts losing, and that's very slim. You look at the uh, the fact that the Texans have never beaten the Colts in Indianapolis, and that's just one of those things. That if you can't overcome that and you're having such a horrible season, what makes you think that you can come back and do it with the team that you have now? Now, I, I think that the team is going to rally and try to rally around uh, Wade Phillips as being the interim head coach. But at the end of the day, you've never beaten Indianapolis in Indianapolis, so I can't vote on you or, or bet on you winning that, winning there this time. So I'm going to go with the Colts, and uh, I'm going to say that the Texans are going to lose, let's say, 28 to, 28 to 32. All right, I'm going to roll the dice. I'm going to go with the Texans. I think they're going to find a way to play inspired football. Uh, they got to be well-rested coming off that Thursday night game against Jacksonville. What the hell? They don't have anything to lose. They're playing with house money. Let's go ahead and go with the Texans. All right, starting with Thursday night games. I got it pulled up here. Thursday night games. San Diego visits the Denver Broncos on Thursday night. Who do you think will win that game and why? 
I think that Denver is going to win this game, but you have to look at the fact that Wes Welker last week went out with his second concussion in a row. Um, he's gone. He's going through concussion protocol, but if I'm the Denver Broncos, I'm sitting that guy out. You need him mm-hmm. for the playoff run, and you need him whenever you're making that Super Bowl run. So if you want to continue to have him out out there on the field, you want to keep him off the field for right now, and especially when you're playing against the San Diego Chargers. I think you're at home. I think that you have the better odds of winning. And I think when you have Peyton Manning and you have Eric Decker and uh, Julius Thomas is now ha- healthy, you have um, – what's the uh, number 88? I forget his name. Um, Demarius um, Thomas. There you go. So Demarius mm-hmm. Thomas, you have all those receivers, you have all those weapons. Let Wes Walker rest and and don't risk him getting out there and getting a third concussion and possibly being out for the rest of the season. So Denver Broncos rest Wes Walker, but you're still going to win. I think the, the Denver Broncos take this one. Okay. Well, don't really want to talk about the Redskins. They're not playing too well. They play Atlanta. I think Atlanta will win that one. Real quick, without any thoughts, who do you think will win that game between Washington Redskins and Atlanta Falcons? I think Cousins takes it, and Washington gets that win against Atlanta. Okay. Chicago against Cleveland. Real quick, who do you think will win that game and why? Chicago. Uh, Josh McCown's playing phenomenal football. 350 yards passing in the past three games. I think you got to take them. All right, Eddie. Uh, we talked about the Indianapolis Colts and the Houston Texans. We both split that when you got the Colts. I have the Texans. New England Patriots, without Gronkowski, will visit the Miami Dolphins. Who do you think will win that game and why? I think Tom Brady takes that one against Miami. That's a big rivalry game for them. But Tom Brady can throw it to anybody. You and I could line up on on the line and, and go out as wide receivers, and Tom Brady's going to get us in the hmm. end zone. So. Tom Brady, you got to re- rely on him. I think they take that one. All right. I think Tom Brady will win that one as well, find a way to get it done against Miami. Philadelphia Eagles is playing inspiring football right now against the Minnesota Vikings. Who do you think win that game and why? Philadelphia definitely takes this one. I think Nick Foles has been a great unstoppable force coming into the league as backup for Michael Vick. He also has just thrown his first interception and it took Mother Nature to make that happen this past week. So, He's uh, he's doing very well as the backup and uh, coming in to be the starter. I think Nick Foles and the Philadelphia Eagles continue to roll, and they take that division. Okay. Seattle Seahawks comes to the East Coast to play the Giants. Who do you think will win that game and why? Seahawks, enough said. All right. San Francisco 49ers bounce back against the Seahawks, and they will go on to the East Coast and play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Who do you think will win that game and why? San Francisco is going to take that one. Colin Kaepernick and Anquan Bolden and, and Michael Crabtree are t- two unstoppable forces on uh, that offense for San, San Francisco. And Tampa Bay just doesn't have the defense to match up with them. So I think San Francisco takes this one. And Tampa Bay continues to lose uh, with this with this head coaching debacle they have over there in Tampa Bay. Yeah, I think the 49ers will win that one. Buffalo against Jacksonville. Who do you think will win this game and why? Jacksonville is rolling right now. I think Jacksonville takes this one, to be honest with you. I think they have hit a little bit of momentum here at the end of the season. They're playing to ruin other people's seasons, and I think that Jacksonville continues to want to embarrass other teams by them losing to Jacksonville. So Jacksonville is going to take this one against Buffalo. Yeah, no doubt. I think the same thing. Jacksonville will take this one as well. Kansas City Chiefs against the Oakland Raiders. Who do you think win this game and why? 
I think the Kansas City Chiefs take this one. They bounce back after, you know, not really being able to perform against the Broncos uh, last week. They bounce back, and I forget who they played last week, but they did a pretty good job. They scored 45 points last week, so Kansas City continues to roll. Oakland, <laughs> what's that? I said that was against the Redskins, so yeah, Kansas City's playing. Yeah. They're playing pretty good right now. All right, the Jets. Yeah, so they're going to take that Oakland defense and they're going to run them through the through the car wash, and uh, they'll 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 come out of that one with another victory. Yeah, will the Jets, will the Carolina Panthers bounce back against the Jets this week? Oh yeah, Carolina's been a great team. I think that they're going to be a good force in the NFC. I think Carolina takes that one. Okay, Green Bay versus Dallas. Green Bay. Green Bay? I, I think Dallas is a tough team at home. Uh, without Aaron Rodgers, I'm going to go ahead and give it to Dallas. Arizona versus Tennessee, who do you think win that game and why? Arizona, they've been playing great ball. Um, I, I don't think anybody thought that Bruce Arians would come in there and, and change the team around the way that he has. Arizona's playing great defense right now, and I think they can take it. I'm going to go with Tennessee at home. New Orleans Saints against the St. Louis Rams, who can win that game? I think the Saints take this one. They've been uh, they've been rolling. They they continue to to fly under the wings of Drew Brees and that offense, and it's very high powered. I think the St. Louis defense is a good defense, but I don't think they're good enough to go against New Orleans. All right, we have a rivalry game here on Sunday night: Cincinnati Bengals versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Who wins this game and why? I think. It's an upset alert. I think Pittsburgh takes this one because Pittsburgh has been uh, been being pretty effective at the end of here, and Ben Roethlisberger has been doing pretty well. But the, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to take this one. Going Pittsburgh. I'm going Cincinnati. I think Pittsburgh is done. Uh, their season is over. I'm going with the Cincinnati Bengals on the road. All right, finishing off with the Monday Night Football game, Baltimore Ravens versus the Detroit Lions. Who do you think win this game and why? You would have told me at the beginning of the season that this game was going to be this good. I would have told you you're crazy. But this is going to be a good <laughs> game. You look at the special teams that continues to roll with the Baltimore Ravens. But I think that that Detroit offense is going to be a little bit too much for that Baltimore defense. I think Detroit takes this one. You know, Detroit, I got Baltimore. I like when I see special team-wise for Baltimore. And uh, Jacoby Jones is playing real good right now, so... Uh, I'm going to go with Baltimore, man. I think they find a way to squeeze it out and get the game on the road against the Detroit Lions. And that pretty much wraps up our picks and predictions for this week, George. And uh, uh, final thoughts before we wrap up the show? Just uh, looking at the slate of games and the way that the NFL has, has come out this year and the way that some of these teams like Atlanta and Houston have laid duds when they thought that they were supposed to be Super Bowl contenders, it goes to show you that this league is really a league of what have you done for me lately, like we said earlier. And I think that these teams are going to be able to get a chance to bounce back next year. But uh, the football season has been a great football season so far, and I can't wait for the for the playoffs to start. Um, we're going to have our Super Bowl predictions coming up here pretty soon, so I'm excited about that. But, yeah, it's, a, it's been a good football season so far. Yeah, I agree with you, man. It's been very entertaining. Uh, not the same old teams winning each and every year like you see in basketball or NBA or or in Major League Baseball, you know, teams are really much dominant because they're dominating because of their all-season acquisitions. But I really like the NFL, and we start to see why, because you never know. Any given Sunday, you can be beat. But uh, good mm-hmm. stuff, man. Good stuff today. And 
Like always, I appreciate you coming on the show. I appreciate you having me, Lamont. We'll be talking again next week. All right, no problem. And also, I want to thank everybody out there for listening to the show outside the huddle. We'll leave my Williams until we meet again next week. Have a blessed week. Thanks for joining Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams. We're back next week for another live show, Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Central, and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Check back with us on the Voice America Sports Channel.